This morning's text is from the third chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. I think I'm going to call it something like recommendations for Christian living. I don't know anything better to say than that. I'm going to make some observations and then make some recommendations. Some diagnosis and then some prognosis. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Amen. Verse 8. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Let us emphasize some words. And he, number one, leaping. Number two, stood. Number three, walked. Number four, entered. Number five, praise in God. Now, I don't know whether I will have time to come to the whole five, but we will attempt. What a wonderful story this is. All his life, he had been dependent upon other people. He was born with something wrong with his feet. And when other little boys were up and uh, toddling around, he was still sitting and lying. And when other little fellows went and played, he was still in a little chair. He'd never walked. He'd never stood. There was something wrong with his feet and with his ankle bones that uh, prevented him from standing and prevented him from walking. And all his life, he had been dependent upon other people. They came, perhaps some of the other beggars that went with him to the temple, came in the morning and uh, carried him to the temple, put him to sit there at the temple, and uh, at night when they were going home, they'd come and pick him up and take him home with them. That's how his life had been lived. No uh, independence, whatever. Total dependency upon other people. Now, I do want to tell you from the very beginning, I'm not really talking about this man at all. I'm only using him as the model. 
It's you and I. We are the subjects. For I see in this man such a picture of the church and so many born-again believers. And from this man's story and experience, I'm going to make some observations along with some uh, recommendations. Everybody can tell you what's wrong with you. I'm going to try not to say that, but uh, give some help in getting over some of, the, some of the difficulties that we have in life. He, I say, had been totally dependent upon other people. You know, there are many, many born-again believers like that. They've never really known what it's like to develop a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They are always blown about by winds of, not of temptation, but of emotion. They like this man, and so they go that way until they like someone else, and then they'll go that way. They're like the way that this church behaves, and so they go there until they find a church that behaves a little more to their liking, and they go there. They never really know what it is to stand on their own two feet. Now, when God gave to Moses the, uh, the, the, the blueprint for the tabernacle in the wilderness, he told him that the tabernacle, the actual tabernacle, was to uh, uh, be made of boards, 20 on either side, boards. Uh, and then over the boards there were to be curtains hung, but the boards overlaid with gold. Each of these boards were to have two feet, two feet that fit into sockets that were already driven into the sand of the desert. The important thing about that is that each of these boards <coughs> uh, had two feet. Now, each of them were linked and locked together, one with the other. And when I talk about you being uh, not dependent, I don't mean about interdependence. We are all of us interdependent upon each other. We are a body. We are a family. We are a building. But having said that, God desires that every one of us learn to stand on our own two feet. When Peter was writing his letter, his second letter, he wanted to say something that would remain with posterity, and remain it has. And so he finishes his second letter by saying, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think I told you a few weeks ago, sometime during the Christmas season, we, uh, the last Christmas season, we were downtown and we took our two little grandsons, Aaron and uh, Christopher, with us. Now, Christopher is just three and a half. And some time ago, he, he, he broke his leg and uh, getting over that now. And we were walking downtown and he, he, he ran around and stood in front of me with his arms up and he says, Grandpa, please carry me. My legs are wearing out. Is that something? I've never heard it like that before. My legs are wearing out. Well, I know a lot of people that doesn't take them long for their legs to wear out. I mean Christian people. They all the time want you to be carried along. All the time they want to be pampered. All the time they want to be encouraged. It's, uh, it's very difficult sometimes to, uh, 
to know how to, how to handle some people. They are so very brittle. You really feel like saying, why don't you grow up? That's what God intends for us as born-again believers to grow up, not to be offended so easily, not to be turned away so easily. Have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's great to know that we can gather together in church like this. The more times, the better. We are such a help to each other. But if you were stranded on a desert island, you'd still be a child of God. And you would still have your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here was this man then, all his life, subject to other people, to the whims and the fancies and the emotions of other people. Now, there are some words that I've already emphasized that I'm going to pick out this morning and make some observations, I say, and some recommendations. Number one, he leaped. Number two, he stood. Number three, he walked. Number five, uh, number four, he entered. And number five, praise in God. Number one, he leaped. Can you see him sitting there all his life long? He'd sat, never able to stand. His bones were like pieces of chalk. And now Peter and John came and they laid hands on him. And this fellow didn't amble up to his feet and stretch and say, oh, not a bit of it. He jumped to his feet. The observation I want to make about that is that there was some enthusiasm about this fella. When he felt the blessing of God, up he got, like a spring to his feet. Praise God. He put some energy into what he did. He put some excitement into what he did. He put some enthusiasm into what he did. When I look around the church, and I don't mean this church only, and I want to say what I want to say with a smile. A little bit of sugar makes the medicine go down. When I look around the church, I see so much. Oh, I wish you could see yourself from where I see you. I don't know. Some of you, you know every pane of glass there is in that window. You spend all the meeting looking at it. Some of you, you could tell, you look at those lights. Others of you, I don't know whether you are so holy that you're praying or so tired that you're sleeping. Your eyes are, your eyes are shut all the way through. So, I don't know. When I look over the church, and I don't just mean this church, I'm talking about generally, but then let's talk about ourselves. The, the lethargy. Now, when I meet you after church this morning, please don't look into my eyes. And let me guess what you're thinking. Tell me. Tell me. Now, I know that God knows the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. Thank God he does, because he wouldn't know anything if he didn't. I 
told you in the meeting last night. We had a good number in our prayer meeting last night. Thank you for coming. But at the end of the meeting, you'll remember those of you who were here, I said, I didn't know how so many people could be so quiet for so long. We come into the meeting and we've learned to talk with our mouth closed. I mean, talk to God. Now, Jesus said, when you pray, say. Not think, say. Put some energy into what you're doing. Put some enthusiasm into what you're doing. I mean, I, I mean it honestly. Some people sit in church and they sing about the joy of the Lord and they look like they're in the dentist chair. <laughs> this man leaped to his feet. That's the observation I'm making. He had some enthusiasm. And the recommendation that I make to you this morning is put some energy into your Christian living. Live like you enjoy it. Serve God as if it's worth serving God. Don't serve God. Don't be a Christian as if it's hard work, as if God should be grateful that you're doing. Oh, there's joy in serving Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're going to serve God, then serve God. And let the world know that it's worth serving God. I'm sure you heard the story of the man who was asking a fellow to come to church one Sunday. And he said, no, I, I won't be coming to your church on Sunday. And the fellow said, why don't you come? And the other fellow said, I have enough troubles of my own, thank you. Yeah. We invite people to church somehow. Oh, there's joy, there's happiness in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. There's that happiness in everything else in the world. And after all, you don't blame a crowd for shouting in a football match. There'd be something wrong if they didn't. You don't blame a crowd for shouting at the baseball or whatever they're going to. Then why in the wide world should we lose all our enthusiasm when we are serving God? Listen to me now. It's the devil that wants to close your lips. It's the devil devil that wants to shut your praises. It's the devil that wants to keep you looking as if you're a miserable crowd. There's joy in serving Jesus. Amen. And so let's follow this fellow. Let's put some energy. Let's put some enthusiasm. I know I'm going to use that word over and over again. Let's put, let's put something into our serving God that lets other people see it's worth serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Energy. Enthusiasm, But then, I want to go on very quickly to the next. It says that when he jumped up to his feet, he started walking. Started walking. When I was a boy in our church, you know, I've told you about the second meeting that we had <coughs> every Sunday evening. After the first meeting, all the sinners came to the first meeting. The bookmakers, the crooks, they all came, the drunks, they all came to our first meeting. You should hear them singing. I'm telling you, when they would sing, How Great Thou Art, although we didn't sing it then, they lifted the roof. The biggest crooks that you ever knew. Well, they went out after the first meeting. And the saints stayed in the second meeting. Now I wonder who were the saints and who were the sinners. Have you, you got your bulletin this week? There's a lovely little bit in your bulletin. I'll tell you what it is. You can read it afterwards. Pastor Schaefer and Barbara got it from somewhere. D.L. Moody went to preach in this church. And they told D.L. Moody that there were two sets of people in the church. There were those who always went out before the meeting finished. And then they were the sinners. 
and the saints stayed in. So D.L. Moody, before he got up to, or when he got up to preach, said that he understood there were two sets of people in this church, that the sinners went out always before he finished preaching, and the saints stayed in. So he said, I know I'm preaching to sue two sets of people, and I'll know when the sinners leave. And of course, nobody left that morning. It reminded me of a story of an old Welsh preacher, Christmas Evans. Christmas Evans had a church up in North Wales, and every, every year, he, he was a Baptist preacher. He, uh, he had 17 churches up in Anglesey. What a great, great, great man he was, and a great, great preacher. And every year, he'd come down to the industrial South Wales to get money to run the churches up in the north. By the way, he used to sleep on a concrete slab, and... Uh, so one time he was down preaching in Carfilly. That's not very far from where we were brought up. And at that time there were sheep stealers. And they told Christmas Evens that there were sheep stealers around the place. And so he got up that night to take his customary offering. And he said, now, I want to tell you, I've heard that there are sheep stealers around this area. Now, if there are any sheep stealers in this meeting tonight... God doesn't want your sheep stealing money. So if you are a sheep stealer, don't you give anything in the offering tonight. And he had the biggest offering he ever had in his life. Sure. <laughs> but in this meeting that I was brought up in when I was a kid, this is how they testified. I thank God I'm saved, and by his grace I mean to go on. That was it. Standard. I thank God I'm saved. And by his grace, I mean to go on. And I used to think, I was only a kid, I used to think, then why don't you go on? From what I could see, they never went on. When I was a little and they argued and squabbled. And when I got a bit older, they argued and squabbled. When I got older still, they argued and squabbled. And they were still arguing and squabbling when I left there. Why didn't they go on? I told you that Peter said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are born again by the Spirit of God, and then we grow. We grow. We progress in the Lord. Now, this is what this fellow did. He got onto his feet. He jumped up. Oh, he was enthusiastic, and he walked with them into the temple. I wonder, only you can ask, answer this. I wonder how much have you grown in God since you gave your heart to Jesus Christ? I wonder what kind of a person you were then and what kind of a person you are now. How much of the Spirit of Jesus is there in you now in comparison to what there was when you got saved? How much more yielded are you to God now than you were then? How much more control does God have over your life now than he did then? Only you can answer that. Now, let, 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 let me take a few minutes and, and pick out some of the stands that the Bible makes. First of all, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13, the Apostle Paul urges the Corinthians to stand fast in the faith, to quit like men, to be strong, to stand fast in the faith. What a day we are living in. There has never been so much commotion and confusion than there is today. I don't know why. Perhaps it's because of the media. 
the television and the radio and, and, and tapes and books and goodness knows what all. Oh, my goodness. This one comes and he says that, and the next one comes and he says that. Uh, and, and we don't know. There's so much confusion going on, and people don't know what in the wide world to believe. And some people say to me, oh, they say, in such a sophisticated, grown-up way, oh, we don't bother with doctrine. Jesus is our subject. Have you ever heard such nonsense in all your life? How in the wide world can you love someone if you don't know them? And that's what doctrine is. Doctrine is the process of getting to know God and getting to know God's Word. The Word of the Lord tells us that we are to be exercised in the doctrine of God's Word. You show me a born-again believer who has no doctrine, and there are plenty of them around. And I'll show you a man who doesn't have a backbone. Christians without doctrines are spiritual jellyfishes. They, 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 if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything. That's it. And the, the apostle says to the Corinthians, stand fast in the faith. I, I jumped ahead of walking there first. I wanted to come to standing, and that's what I'm dealing with now. Standing in the faith. He, he leaped up and he stood. He showed some strength of character. Never done it before. Always blown about by every kind of doctrine. Standing fast in the faith. And then Paul writes to the Galatians and he talks about standing fast in chapter 5, about standing fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. If there is one word that has been played around with, it's this word liberty. People have changed it into license. And so they've said, oh, I'm not under law, I'm under grace. I can do what I like. No, 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 no. That's not what it means. When, when you were brought into the liberty of the sons of God, you weren't brought into the liberty of doing what you like. You were brought into the liberty of praising and serving God, and you weren't free to do that before you got the liberty of the sons of God. You were bound by self. You were bound by the world, by the flesh, by the devil, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But then Jesus came and set, your peeps, set us free. You know that lovely little song we sing? Um, uh, I would set thy people free that we might worship thee. You weren't set free to do what you like. You were set free to do what God likes. You were set free to worship the Lord. Stand fast in the liberty. You see, Paul tells that same Galatians that Christ has delivered us from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? I'll tell you what the curse of the law was. The law said you have to come to God by treading on that and treading on that. And don't you dare tread on that. It, it set down, you have to do this, you have to do that. And the apostle Paul said, I did it all. I did everything that the law said. And I thought that by doing everything the law said, I would then come to God. But he said, after I did everything the law told me, to do, I discovered that the law deceived me and it slew me. I couldn't really come to God after all. But now, thank God for the grace of God, we are free to come to God. We we're not bound by do's and don'ts. We are coming to God now, not by the curse of the law, but by the liberty of the children of God. Jesus Christ is our way to God. Jesus Christ has opened up the way to God. And we are saved by grace, not by works. 
Isn't it wonderful to be set free from the burdens of the law, from the burdens of flesh, from the burdens of the self and of the world? I'm free. I can praise God. The shackles are gone. And I'm free. Stand fast in that liberty. Don't let's be like the Galatians who went back under the law again. Oh, they believed in Jesus as long as you put a little bit of law into it. No, we are born again by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Not free to do what you like, but now free to serve God as a child of God. But then, uh, listen to what else it says, that we are to stand fast in, in, in the faith, stand fast in the liberty, and stand fast in the Spirit. That's what God, that's what Paul said to the Philippians in chapter 1, verse 27. We are to stand fast in the Spirit. Oh, I tell you, the devil loves to get us out of the Spirit of God. The devil loves to get us into the spirit of controversy and the spirit of divisiveness and the spirit of gossiping and the spirit of finding fault and the spirit of criticizing. And so here he comes, here she comes, oh, in such a lovely way. Mind you, I love brother so-and-so, but then you look out. Now, I've got a recommendation for you. Whenever the butt comes, butt up the door and let them talk to themselves. Why should you become a garbage dump for other people's muddling? Let them keep their criticism. Let them keep their fault finding. Let them keep their divisiveness. Yes. Stand fast in the spirit. That's what Paul says. And don't let the spirit of the world, the spirit of confusion and of divisiveness and uh -uh. stand. This man showed some strength of character. Now, I've already mentioned the next thing. He walked. He progressed in God. And you must ask yourself, how far have you progressed in God since you were born again? Not just coming to church on Sunday morning. Surely it's more than that. But let's go on to the next one. He, 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 he leaped. He stood, he walked, and he entered with them into the temple. Thank God for fellowship. Thank God for the people of God. If there's anything I thank God for, it's this house of God. I look forward to the times when we can meet together. He entered with them into the house of God. He entered, he entered, not stood on the outside. He entered. Now put that word entered in your mind and let it fill your mind. He entered, he entered. How many people there are who still stand on the outside? They really don't know the fellowship of God's people. They don't really know the fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, let me urge you, let me recommend to you this morning that you don't stand on the outside or on the peripherals. Get on in and enter into the things of God. Praise God. There's so much joy in serving the Lord. There's so much contentment in the family of God's people. He entered with them into the temple. And then the Bible says that having entered with them, he began praising the Lord. 
Oh, I'll tell you, he began praising the Lord. He had plenty to praise God for, mind you. All his life he'd been sitting there, a beggar, and now he had gotten new legs and new ankle bones. He was jumping and leaping. My, he was like a jack-in-the-box. They couldn't hold him down, and he was shouting and praising God. I know that he was defying all protocol, but that's all right. And all the people saw him, and they knew that it was he who had sat at the temple gate and had begged for alms all these years. He wasn't afraid of letting them know that. No, no, he wasn't afraid. There was nothing disorderly about this man doing the jumping that he was. And the Bible says that everything must be done decently and in order. But there's nothing wrong in praising God. There's nothing wrong in magnifying the Lord Jesus. There's nothing wrong in showing a bit of enthusiasm in your Christian life, is there? There's nothing wrong in standing for what's true and right. There's nothing wrong for progressing on in God. There's nothing wrong in, in, in entering in, entering in. I don't mean just mean physically into a building, but entering into the spirit of the meeting. There's nothing wrong in praising God. Ask this man, what are you doing? What are you doing all this commotion and confusion? What are you doing? And he says, what am I doing? Don't you know that all my life I've been a cripple? All my life I've been carried about? All my life I've been depending on something else? And God has made me to walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ask me why I'm happy, so I'll just tell you why. It's because my sins are gone. Hallelujah. Buried in the deepest sea, God has cast them behind him. If any man has any reason to shout and praise God and put some enthusiasm into the things of God and into life itself, it's you. You. God has saved you. God has lifted the load of sin. God has delivered you from the curse of the law. God has set you on your way to heaven. God has made you a child of God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand and praise the Lord for a minute. Let's put some enthusiasm into our Christian living. Hallelujah. Let's let the world know that we are glad to be saved. We are happy to be born again, believers, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Washed in the blood of Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's praise the Lord. Oh, glory, glory, glory to God.